Excuse me, Jet. What? You said three, not four. Throw down your guns now! Disinformation is sometimes required for enemies and allies. <sighs> Don't pull that art of war crap on me. Drop them! And you, you take too long to take a shit! I am going to kill this old lady if you don't put down your guns! <sighs> Don't you get it? I'm gonna splatter Grandma! Well, that's a real shame. But we're not cops, and we're not from some charity organization. Sorry, lady, but we don't protect or serve. This is strictly business. What? Guess you'll just have to chalk it up to bad luck. <sighs> Cowboy scumbag. Wait a minute. I know you didn't mean that, Spike. Son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> He called you a cowboy. What did he mean? What are you? Just a humble bounty hunter, ma'am. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the Me and My Dad Watch Anime Podcast, where we don't have any camaraderie, there isn't really a bond, and everyone does what they want and comes back when they feel like it. My name is Drew. I'm here with my dad, David. Hello. Coming in over Zoom, standing at 6'1", 175 pounds, the problem child, my brother, t Roy. Yo, 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 <laughs> what up? <laughs> I, need the, I need you to match the energy of that intro. I, I hyped myself up that whole afternoon. And I started fucking sweating. I was sorry, bro, I had a long, long ride home. It's okay. It's okay. Hopefully we can inject a little adrenaline back into your body after seeing this movie. Uh, this week, we watched Shinichiro Watanabe, uh, Watanabe's Cowboy Bebop the movie, Knocking on Heaven's Door. But before we get into the show, let's let the people know. Dad, Troy, what are we under the influence of? Well, we're going to be under the influence of, and this is a return, I believe. I have a uh, layer cake, bourbon barrel, our favorites. Tastes delicious. And uh, I'm going to give myself a pour here. This is our... Uh... Oh, perfect. We got an upgrade. I love that. <laughs> Thank you, Zoom. Love it. Yeah. Sponsored by Zoom. <laughs> Sponsored by this bourbon barrel wine and the, the Zoom company. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we might as well just jump right into it. Dad, I know you've done your research. Why don't you let us know a little bit about the movie? Right. Uh, well, we'll just start where the reviews came in. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 64. Really? Yeah. 64? That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. That Met is tough. Metacritic. Critic is at 61. And um, although it's still a beloved movie, Cowboy Bebop supposedly is a massively successful show that I've never watched. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it just happens to be this thing I don't know anything about. Yeah. <laughs> but we did watch it anyways because it's a cool movie. Very cool. I don't think... You know, the general, the critic public isn't going to really know what the fuck they're going to do with. 
And really, to be honest with you, the letterbox review people also didn't know what the fuck they're going to do with this movie. Uh, starting off strong with a half star from Nishi, June 2020. Those hacks are at it again. Fucking shake my head. This time, there is no cowboy. I'm absolutely disgusted at it. There's no cowboy, only weirdo, butterflies, and a Yeti man. Bike Beagle and the jazz crew have got to stop a Yeti man from blowing up a butterfly bomb. But it says this plot is horribly and in one crazy scene. Bull brushes a wall like the brush the floor, you idiot. And why would you tell a hot girl your kink? It's stupid. Also, wasn't even in the rematch despite sucking off a mod for the Bebop server. Not naming who. Wagyu. Zero out of ten. Travesty. The reason why I included this, other than it just being uh, maybe the outlandish, most, <laughs> yeah, the most nonsensical review I've ever seen on any platform. I I want to know if it's like a character, if it's a bit. Is this them just being like Ed? Maybe I I really I'm at a loss here. I don't get this review at all. <laughs> I, I see you looking at it. You're just I'm not. What's the head? Buell brushes the a wall. Brulee, did, maybe. Did I miss that? Maybe and they were fucking drunk. Sucking off a mod for the Bebop server? That's the only part that I got. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and who's Wago? Or Wagoo. Wagoo. Who knows? Let's let's leave that one behind if it was a... Yeah, uh, that, that review is a travesty. An Ed cosplay of a review. Uh, we have two stars from Carla on October 2020. Watching this nonsense just to get to see Spike's face for two hours is on the list of the most embarrassing things I've done for 2D men. There's a lot of embarrassing things I've done for 2D women. So I wanted to just shout out Carla for doing what she's got to do. (laughs) (laughs) We have uh, another two stars from Crystal in August 2018. Nothing like watching an anime uh, an anime movie in a theater filled with white weeb men null weeb girls got their baby voice inspiration from the orange girl girl. Uh, I just actually, that was my fault. I had fucked that up. <laughs> so white weeb men, all weeb girls got their baby voice inspired. The baby uh, voice is a weird, is a weird thing. Yeah, I didn't get that, but uh, it was interesting. Well, I mean, I, for the character, it's fine. I'm just talking about the weebs. <laughs> yeah i'm calling of the weebs as i should i feel like most of i feel that letterbox is just littered with weebs because they're calling them out all the time yeah you gotta kind of know who you're talking to takes one to know one <laughs> we have another three stars from mk vasquez on february 2020 spike spiegel is a skinny legend and uh just so happens we had a conversation this weekend about skinny dudes troy and it's something that I'll have to bring up at the end of the show because it's my very last question. So that we're just planting the seed for how I'm going to come back around to that. Not much explanation on why that's a three star though. Yeah. Well, honestly, the way that this played out for me searching through uh, the letterbox this week, a lot of people who were giving the, the lowest stars were just complaining that it wasn't as good as cowboy bebop or it just didn't capture something or that it was not properly paced uh, you know, I don't really know what you're expecting from a, an extension of an anime TV show for a movie, but I think this was pretty good. Yeah, I agree. We have another three stars from Mac DeMarco's Dick on July 2019. Vincent Vallejo can blow my back out any night. 
Okay, Mac. Uh, <laughs> respect oh, for you. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just the certain type of energy that you got to be ready to deal with in the morning. It's or incredible how many people have the hots for these uh, anime characters. You know, it, we live in the age of of the internet where pornography is rampant, and um, if you got to watch an anime to really get your your rocks off, yeah, that's. That's sort of sad, but whatever. I mean, there's some people who can't even get their rocks on, so it's better <laughs> It's better to have it out than in, you know? <laughs> Damn. Uh, three and a half stars from Caleb Sandwich uh, on October 2020. <laughs> Whiplash would be a better film if the song they kept trying to play was the Cowboy Bebop theme tune. I also just would agree with that. Whiplash is a, is a great movie, but... We just need the the real jazz heart of the Cowboy Bebop theme. Yeah, I heard somebody complaining about that. I mean, I don't know what the uh, Cowboy Bebop theme tune is, but they were disappointed that they didn't use it. I just had a great thought for someone who had a jet, and I'll have to come back around to it. I literally, it just dawned on me (laughs) because of Whiplash, and you could probably guess. Let me have one last review, three and a half stars from Ig Aksu, uh, May 2020, COVID-19. That's it. That's just the review. <sighs> Makes no sense. It's more just reminding us the hellscape that we live in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can't escape. Uh, <laughs> I guess he's just pronouncing that he, he has it. He watched something. it during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. 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 This is his, uh, <laughs> this is how he shows off his positivity. Is that he has, <laughs> he reviews it on Letterboxd. Dad, Troy, I know we all have a lot of thoughts on this movie. Where would you like to shine the spotlight this week? Dad, why don't you start us off first? Well, I uh, I really love the animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the uh, the action scenes, the movie soundtrack. I enjoyed for once. I agree. Yeah, uh, that was pretty cool. And uh, I'm glad to see that in the year uh, 2071, that uh, the standard men's tie is still a fashion statement. Hell yeah! And uh, I'm sure Bernie Stitson would be uh, glad to know that you can still suit up. Not, oh, it's Barney Stinson for what? <laughs> <laughs> Bernie Stinson. I called him Bernie? You need a copywriter, my guy. <laughs> well, I had it written down right, but I... <clears throat> Anyways. It's okay. Um, I also found it interesting that they incorporated an Arabic feel. Mm-hmm. I guess the uh, the director actually went to Morocco. But Morocco uh, Mars, I guess they both. Yeah, I really, I'm not sure why he felt the need to bring Morocco and. Uh, hey, it's cool. The Arabic field, but uh, they got a cool vase out of it. And you know, it seems like it's depressing to um, know that we've populated Mars, and uh, it still has the same look and feel as basically New York City, or maybe Morocco. That's just the the humid fingerprint. We just leave the same shit around. I guess so. I mean, I would have thought we would have done something a little better. And uh, we're still driving cars. Yeah. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty lame. But uh, the the, the poor drive cars, the rich drive (laughs) jets. The bounty hunters have guns mounted. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, a call out to the Welsh Corgi. Hell yeah. The worst dog. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh that's that's actually the way i get canceled this um troy is there anything you want to shine your spotlight on you know this movie and the show as a whole truthfully very nostalgic for me i mm-hmm. love the uh 
the actual series and the movie itself. I'm, I think it's the style of animation. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. Um, great, absolutely great movie and great show in my opinion, but uh, don't mean to, to steal your thunder here, but there was a, there was a part in that movie that had me <laughs> absolutely <laughs> dying laughing. It is the scene when Spike is escaping the, uh, um, the laboratory <laughs> And all the henchmen, man, they're just laying down bullets into the open, <laughs> like, civilian area. I mean, it was just too funny. I mean, they shot probably a thousand shots into nowhere. That, that is an exemplary point. In a, in a world where you can just kind of mow down a lot more people than you should, they were pretty liberal on that trigger finger. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to agree. The animation is beautiful. Everything about this movie moves as well as the jazz soundtrack, the set pieces are just crazy. You know, the convenience store, the broom fight, uh, even the, the train, you know, the guy gets fucking brained. That was the craziest sequence. Um, I just also like the intro as just like a song. I've never heard that song before. And I, I, I'd heard it obviously when I rewatched this movie before, I just thought it was a good song. Uh, I also wanted to point out that bounty hunting apparently pays so fucking little that they can't buy meat or afford you know, anything more than the ramen and the udon and the, the crap that they got lying around. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, low-paying job. You would think that they would uh, move on, but... Uh, Nothing beats being a cowboy. You're not yeah. going to go get a 9 for 5 when you can gun a man down in the street and walk him back for a fucking penny or two. <laughs> for a bowl of ramen. <laughs> yeah, that's what it comes down to. I feel like a lot of anime protagonists do a lot of stuff and then just end the day with a nice bowl of ramen. I would like to add, there was a uh, a scene in there too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely blew my mind when uh, Vincent and Spike meet in the uh, train. Yeah. And uh, Spike's walking over him. I- I'm assuming trying to talk to him. I can't remember exactly. <laughs> Vincent just sticks his fingers through this man's <laughs> chest. Yeah. <laughs> he has nothing on him. He just sticks his his raw fingers through his chest, man. That was just absolutely crazy to me. Yeah. That is the badass move of the century is fucking sticking your hand in someone's chest. <laughs> and he seemed to recover pretty easily from that. Yeah. And that, <laughs> that didn't look like that was something he was going to recover he from. He was like two knuckles deep too, yeah. Just, of course, he must have got some shaman, you know, healing from that Indian or whatever that they uh, that rescued him. Yeah, it's possible they they had conducted some sort of medicinal work. Yeah. Was there any takeaway or what was your guys' unintentional lesson from this movie? Well, my first one is you need to always check the bathroom for unaccounted gang members because <laughs> there's probably always a, a nervous gang member needing to drop a deuce during a convenience store robbery. As you might. Yep. And uh, when they're cutting that cocaine with some baby powder, man, this <laughs> might be fucked up. <laughs> you need to get in there and get back to your post. And the other thing is tattoos always give you away. So, you know, if you're going to lead a crime of life, you might want to reconsider uh, having an exposed tattoo. That's a shot fired at you, Troy. <laughs> yeah. You're instantly ID'd now. Yeah, as long as you have, you know, shorts on. Yeah. <laughs> have pants when you rob them. What criminal yeah. wears shorts? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. That's a pretty, like, that's a, that's a very relaxed crime. Yeah, right. I just killed somebody in a in a in a cutoff T-shirt and some running shorts, and I'm gonna run away from the crime scene. Everything's gonna it just be doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. 
get your cardio in after you stab somebody. <laughs> and my uh, other uh, takeaway is uh, don't throw away your World War II airplanes and uh, crop dusters because you never know when they're going to come in handy uh, when, you know, the your plan is about to be ended. That, yeah, save uh, the planes. Yeah. <laughs> they always come in handy, man. You need those, you know, World War II planes and crop dusters. And uh, last but not least, never count on the government or the military to stop a terrorist attack. That will end your planet. Hell yeah. Take matters into your own hand. <laughs> if you can pull the trigger, if you yeah. got the new codes, type them in, baby. Don't <laughs> wait for somebody to do it for you. <laughs> That's the ultimate hand of God is my own. Uh, I have plenty of lessons that I learned from this movie. Um, I had a similar one. Just don't take a shit on the job or you might lose your car and get shot. <laughs> yeah. Follow your dreams, even if they're caused by diseases. So if you have those, those syphilis hot flashes and you got a good idea, follow it. You already have syphilis, whatever. <laughs> uh, for the ladies of the world, keep some tape on your nipples. You never know when someone is going to give you the Nausicaa titty check and just cut your shirt open. You know, it's something that you got to keep in mind, especially also if you're a, you know, a bounty hunter uh, on the bounty hunting TV show. Those things were just ready to come out. At any moment. <laughs> um, if you're a bad guy, just stop explaining your plan. You don't have to give everybody the, the Joker rundown. You know, you want to know how I got these scars to just like the, the, the lady who's <laughs> at the convenience store that you're stick up. Like the cops are showing up. Someone's going to come and get you. Well, that's just a classic uh, villain mistake yeah the trope of the villains in the movies they they're always telling everybody what they're gonna do yeah yeah it's it gives them more time that's ultimately what it is and uh you know if you were a better good guy you would be figuring your shit out without a, having a gun at your head um i have disinformation this is a jet special disinformation is required for enemies and allies some people can't handle the truth this is a little known fact. I did my research my as well. Sun Tzu's art of war is actually about cheating on your wife and trying to hide it from her. So as long as you have some good tactical movements, you should be able to uh, move through infidelity without any scratches. And ultimately, you, you should try to always listen to the wise people living down in teepees by the river because they've seen some shit. <laughs> If they're just seeing bodies roll up and they're they got their pet wolf next to them, it's they live a different life than you, and you well, have to respect them. Yeah, I'm glad to see that we brought the Native Americans to Mars with us. I mean, they were there first, is the problem. Still <laughs> shit land. <laughs> well, whatever it is with the the climate control they got there, I mean, it, it seems they have this pocket of of civility. And we even have a wolf. That's that's pretty cool. I'm sure they got a lot of shit on there. Repopulating uh, Mars with wolves. That's, that's going to be a, a good move. You got to cull the, the, the Mars deer. You don't know what they're doing out there. Yeah. They're breeding too quickly. I hope everyone paid attention this week. There's a lot of fast moving things going on. A lot of speed, a lot of adrenaline, but I, I, I'm coming with my best. I don't think anyone is going to say that I'm, I'm taking a week off. We have three truths and a lie. Hope everyone is ready. I'm going to jump right in. Do it. Let's get it. Entry number one. Director Watanabe, an American cinephile and cultural sponge, was able to draw certain plot elements from American history while storyboarding for Knocking on Heaven's Door. In an interview with Otaku News, Watanabe stated that the concept of a killer virus 
and the threat of that virus infecting the water stream was inspired by the AIDS epidemic and the work of Timothy Leary. Nothing was scarier than HIV in the 90s, he said. I was experimenting with psychedelics at the time while I was taking residence in New York City to teach a class in animation at NYU. I find American women to be beautiful, but I was very worried I would catch such a disease, and those fears helped form the idea of the nanomachines. <laughs> Entry number two. In an interview with all the anime for his new series, director Watanabe was asked about his predilections of incorporating characters who like to use explosives in his, uh, into his work and whether these were reflective of uh, feelings or fantasies that he had as a child. In his quote, he said, yes, of course, I had those feelings. Another example is Vincent from Cowboy Bebop. When I was a teenager, I did feel like I didn't fit in. I was a social misfit. So I did think that society could be blown up. But if we go into any more details, I might get arrested or blacklisted. So let's stop it here. Entry number three. During a panel at the Kyoto Anime Conference in 2011 for the film's 10th anniversary, when asked about the character's similarities in, to certain actors and celebrities, director Watanabe admitted that the character of Vincent was based on Vincent Gallo, director of the infamous The Brown Bunny. He said, I saw an early screening. Someone had it just lying around and I watched the film because I liked the actress, Chloe Savigny. But that movie made me hate Mr. Gallo especially after that scene, uh, laughing in this in interview. Uh, it was a visceral feeling, just something about him in that film. A week later, I find myself using his name for the villain, and I never look back. And then finally, entry number three. While filmmaking was always what he wanted to do, director Watanabe wasn't able to break onto the animation scene into his late 30s and for many years operated a jazz club where he fortified his interest in musical tastes, which would later inspire the sound of Cowboy Bebop. In his 2012 memoir, What I Talk About When I Talk About Jazz, Watanabe said, not long after I got my first job in animation, or not long before, I'd been running a sort of jazz club near Senegaya Station. It wasn't so big or so small either. We had a grand piano and just barely enough space to squeeze in a quintet. During the day we served coffee, at night, it was a bar. We served pretty decent food, too, and on the weekends featured live performances. This kind of live jazz club was pretty rare back then, so we gained a steady clientele and the place did all right financially. Most people I knew had predicted that the bar wouldn't do well. They figured that an establishment run, by, or run as a kind of hobby wouldn't work out. Well, their predictions were totally off. Troy, Dad, where am I off? Okay. What's one of these lies here? All right, Troy, we got a tag team on this one. What What do you think? I think the first you, one is a lie. The yeah. The one involving the AIDS epidemic. I don't think – well, one, I think they, at this time, they had thought that AIDS was a only a gay disease. And so I don't know if he says when it says, I find American women to be beautiful. Yeah, he was experimenting with psychedelics at the time. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing seems far-fetched. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let you guys off on this one. That That is absolutely a, a lie. <laughs> All right. I, All was right. Stretching, down. I was stretching that one thin. All right. Now, let's see. Incorporating characters to use explosives... During a panel, I'm, I, I don't know, the, the, the Vincent Gallo, the, the brown bunny, 
Do you know anything about the brown bunny, Troy? I do not. Yeah. To give the audience some context about the brown bunny, uh, Chloe Savigny, one of the biggest stars of the 90s, just gives top to Vincent Gallo, the director of the movie, in the movie for real. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Just gives him sloppy on the fucking movie, yeah. and they release that shit to the public. Yeah. So as um, part of the movie or like uh, behind yeah, the scenes, oh, yeah, special yeah, feature yeah. at the end. That's <laughs> oh, its only God. claim to fame. Is uh, that's uh, not her? Cl- it's a claim to it, yeah, well, in terms in in is the brown bunny. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. but that I is you were talking absolutely about insane. Yeah, yeah I mean, and if you you probably would never move, watch that movie, but you would probably the only reason why you would bring it up if you wanted to watch that scene. But I've seen it. So board, this all makes sense then. Movie. Yeah. So he he made this based off of. Uh, yeah, the he, fact yeah that he couldn't. His girl was even talked to a different director. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, I'm going to say that's, that's a gonna that's a lie. Yeah. The brown buddy is a lie. Vincent Gallo is getting off <laughs> in every way imaginable. <laughs> we have two left. Is it the jazz club or is it the explosive fantasies as a child? I'm going to say that the. The fantasies, uh, yeah, that's got to be the – I mean, I, I'm sort of leaning towards the jazz club stuff being true. What do you think, Dry? Well, we can't have the same answer. We're gonna well, yeah, we do. I like that idea. No, we got to – one of us got to be right. I'm going to go ahead and say – so you think the truth is, is that he was a social misfit? Uh, is that what it was? Who operated a jazz club, fortified internet musical taste? I'm just going to go there. You're going to go with the jazz club, Troy? Are you going to go as the childhood ideations of blowing things up? For, for the truth, correct? For the truth, for the win. Yeah, for the win. That's what I'm saying. T-Roll <laughs> gets the boy. <laughs> you knocked him clean the fuck out, dude. <laughs> he got my father in the head. Damn, I got knocked the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I am on the canvas. I am sleeping. Yeah. This is, we're living in a, a post Nate Robinson knockout world. Yeah. I'll try to get used to it. Apologies to Nate Robinson, but you got knocked the fuck out. If you ever want to come on the podcast and talk about it, we're here for you, dude. <laughs> we have to keep this thing rolling. I got to keep knowing if you guys are keeping your shit together. And I have to maybe use a different word. Were you both paying attention? Question number one. In the opening scene, Vincent drops a handful of nanomachine marbles on the floor. How many marbles did he drop? Oh, man. I, I should That's know by now that you would look at something like that and count them. You should know. I was, I was watching this movie close, but... I, I feel like I can always imagine you're sleeping whenever I look over at you, but I'll believe you. <laughs> Is it I can confirm this. Yeah, <laughs> I can vouch. Is it uh, I'm going to say 13. because oh, I didn't even read them off. No, oh, okay. Go for okay. it. Well, is it A, 10, B, 11, uh, C, 12, or D, 13? Troy, you have D? I have D, 13. Okay. Uh, just to be different, I'm going to say 12. You were both wrong. It was 11 marbles. Damn. It was very close. Damn it. There's only one or two off. You know, there wasn't really a, a large margin of error. Uh, question number two. During the convenience store robbery, we are shown up a uh, close-up of Spike's gun. What kind of gun is it? Is it A, Jericho 941, B, an Austria 45 auto, C, 
a SIG P320 compact or D, a Glock 17? <laughs> I know yeah. this one. It's the Jericho 941. Troy, do you concur? Wow. How do you know go, that? I don't go, know anything about guns. Believe me, I've been doing this now for a while, and I, I know where, <laughs> where Drew's going with these. So yeah. I right. had to look at this one real close. After you just flopped on the first question. I know. Well, now, <laughs> yeah, now I realize I need to count anything that has numbers. <clears throat> yeah, I, I won't always hit you with the sheep question. Troy, are you okay <laughs> with the Jericho? I'm fine with that, yeah. Okay, the Jericho is correct. Nice. We did very well. On How that. did you know that? I don't get it. You watched Because I, I, I picked up on it, man. <laughs> I'm telling a you. gun guy. I, I don't know if No, you know I watched <laughs> 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 I thought you were going to defend it. I don't yourself. know if there's a such thing as a Jericho 941, but. There is. No. It's made by uh, industry, or excuse me, Israel something industries. I, tried, I forgot it when I looked it up, but it doesn't matter. Oh, it's good to know. Yeah. Don't buy a gun. Uh, question number three. When Jet and Spike are playing Shogi, we see Jet moves his pawn and Spike moves his bishop. What piece does Ein move? Is it A, the silver general, B, the lance, C, the knight, or D, the rook? I know this one. I remember this for some reason. It's the rook. Yes, I, I, I concur. The rook is correct. I don't know how I know that. I just, uh, it just stuck in my head for some reason. Hey, it's okay. You're just retaining those images quicker. You know, you were, you were keyed in. <laughs> Let's see if you guys were keyed into maybe the finer details of some of these, these quick flashing movements. On two separate instances, we are shown the stat sheet of the hacker, Lee Sampson. He is 5'6", 209 pounds. How old is he? Is he A, 17 years old, B, 19 years old, C, 23 years old, or D, 27 years old? Uh, I'm gonna. He's gotta be. He's gotta be early twenties. I'd say twenty three. That's also because I'm twenty three. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna go younger. I'm gonna go nineteen. You're both incorrect. Twenty seven. Lee Sampson is seventeen years old. Wow. And he is gunning to be a real terrorist, which is quite the ambition. But when you have those crazy hacker hip pads, you you probably should shoot for the stars. Damn. Well, it's not funny to know that all the young people know how to use computers and are, you know hackers it's either they're they're working at tiktok or they're fucking trying to hack the mainframe and bike dance or they're terrorists (laughs) (laughs) yeah either they're following trends or taking down global conglomerates (laughs) (laughs) uh here's our next question during the cbc report of the tanker explosion we are told that 72 people have died from the explosion and smoke how many were injured is it a 511 B, 375, C, 407, or D, 425? Something. You think it's 375? Yeah. No, I said, oh, sorry. Troy? Go for it. 425. Final answers? Yeah. Yes. We have a split decision. Going to Troy. Ah. 425 people injured. Dad, I actually remember the point in the movie when you first watched it when you fell asleep and it was right at the beginning. <laughs> uh, here's our final question. I believe Troy has taken a one-point lead after working together at some point. You guys have <laughs> gone neck to neck. <laughs> right down to the end of the game, you know, trying to get that field goal. Uh, after Ed hacks the system, we see the biographical information of Dr. Mendelo. What year did he win the Mars Prize of Technology? 
Is it A, 2042, B, 200, uh, 2059, C, 2060, or D, 2037? Mr. Big Shot Mendelo with his shiny prize. Yeah, so the Mars Prize of Technology, it's 2071. I'm going to go with 2060. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with 2059. No, no, I'm going to go 2042. You should have followed your first instinct when we got Damn it. 2059. Ah, oh, one it. year off. It's okay. You know, we still, we, we, we still had a pretty good game. You know, nobody's gonna you're gonna call you out on Twitter for having a bad performance. Nobody's gonna say your fantasy team got <laughs> snubbed because of a bad week for you. We definitely didn't win the game, but uh, our kicker won it in the last. Uh, yeah, Nick two, Cole came from deep. Yeah, <laughs> to bring us to uh, not five hundred. Did you watch the game, Troy? He was on nope. the road. I was driving. Yeah. Well, Patriots won. If you didn't know. Nice. <laughs> let's uh, let's cool off. Let's jump in these ice baths. Let's maybe take another sip of wine. Let's play a little Would You Rather. Yeah, let me refill. Great. Surprise your thing. Oh, my God, you're going to spill it everywhere. <laughs> you're just shaking. The alcohol is seeping. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First question. Would you rather see floating advertisements everywhere you go? So you could walk out of your bedroom and there could be an Amazon ad projected out of your eyes in front of you or something equivalent all the time. Uh, or always be hallucinating that you're surrounded by hordes of bugs. That is easy. I'm going to go with the advertisements. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not doing the bug thing. Okay. okay. We've already had talks about bugs and I don't like them. Yeah, not a big, not a big insect guy myself. Shout out to Nausicaa for being a lady of the bugs. Yeah. Would you guys rather eat ramen noodles for the rest of your life or eat beans for the rest of your life? Uh, I'm going to go with ramen. Same. You both, well, there's, a, there's a lot you can do with that. Salty noodles for the rest of your life. There's a, I mean, I guess there's some variant <laughs> of flavors. Yeah. There's a lot you can do there. I'm a bean guy. I'd be, I'd be hitting those beans pretty hard. Yeah. You, you prefer the musical fruit. Uh, yeah, uh, as a as a, somebody who takes a lot of pride in their poops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a really hard one. Uh, would you rather marry a dime piece who kicks your ass after every time you have sex, or get a monthly anal probe from Vincent, who has obviously some crazy <laughs> finger situation? The fuck. <laughs> so this girl is beautiful. She's a she's a ten out of ten. She's a Faye Valentine. She's an Electra. She's something that you're gonna risk your life for. But she's also gonna beat your fucking ass after she. I mean, there's a, at least there's a there's a reward there. But I think a monthly <laughs> yeah, anal probe from Vincent is nothing but trouble. She sounds like the Black Widow, but uh, no, I'm not gonna take the anal probe. There's no, no hey, me either. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe at one point you can defend yourself or at least block. She's gonna KO you. She's gonna. Jig oh, I'm gonna get laid out on the mat. Yeah. She, she's oh no. That Jake Paul fucking right. Like, I'm not sure how many knockouts you could take before you're just brain dead. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the orgasm, babe. I'm gonna put you on the fucking ground. Uh, that's that's really a hard question. I wanted to. I'm glad you guys had <laughs> the same kind of thought that I had. <laughs> Uh, would you rather have to bet three-fourths of your paycheck at the horse races every single week or live in a teepee by the river? 
Um, I'm pretty cool with living in the teepee. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would be too, honestly. I would take the betting on horse races. I mean, there's an opportunity there. <laughs> win some money. Yeah, I guess you could just like quadruple your, uh, your shit. And if you get the horse tips, you know, you might be able to really make a living. <laughs> Triple my money. But that's smart investing, isn't it? The horse. <laughs> I'm paying for the track, baby. <laughs> I'm the one sticking the needle in their ass. <laughs> uh, speaking of needles in the ass, would you rather be a test subject for experimental drugs or live the rest of your life in a dream? So essentially, you're just going to be in a coma, but you can, uh, I guess, flit in and out of a dreamland, but there's long periods of just darkness. Oh, that's oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the experimental drugs. What the hell? But this, I mean, you can. I mean, what like, kind of drugs are we talking? Are we talking like you're like are we talking or? about psychedelics or? No, I'm talking about like you're getting you know vaccines up the wahoo. They're testing like crazy shit on you, trying to manipulate your emotions to see if they can. You know, this is just all the bad like MK drugs. Ultra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm in a coma, but I I, I still think that I'm alive. Uh, I guess that could be a, you know, sub-particle. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you have brain function to have a dream. I mean, if they're testing lie. COVID vaccines on me, I don't think I want to go there. Oh my God. But this is a far right podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with, um, living the rest of your life in a dream, man. Cause I would do the same, dude. There's no stakes. You get to just fucking apparently. You Aren't know. you already living the dream, Troy? Yeah, I was going to say, who says we're not in a simulation right now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we are in a coma. <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, I'm also in a coma. If I drink any more of this wine, I'm definitely going to be in a coma. <laughs> uh, we have a, a final question for us. Guys, would you rather try to properly plan a terrorist attack and execute it or take a hot cup? Of or a hot cup of McDonald's coffee to the face. It's a one-time Dude, that's thing. Tough. It's a one-time thing. Here's the thing. I have seen the pictures of that old woman <laughs> who spilled the McDonald's coffee on her legs, and she got like th- third-degree burns, man. Yeah, bad. I saw those too, man. But, Everybody gives shit to the old lady, but she she took some serious burns. Yeah, if this you try to plan, she had to have some serious skin grafts. Actually, we're always pro lady. We're always trying to fuck around. If you try to plan a terrorist attack and that fails, which <laughs> it probably will, I mean, you're spending the rest of your life in fucking. Rikers Island. I mean, <laughs> I mean, either you're alive or you have a, a you know, crazy coffee burns. <laughs> I like how you say to properly plan one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're just going to fucking blow up your house, then what the hell is the point? You got to try to actually do something. I think they've rectified the uh, the temperature on the McDonald's coffee now, so I'm, it might not be that bad. Yeah, hopefully. Let's hope Ronald doesn't have his fucking hand on the dial. You're <laughs> ready to go over the edge. <laughs> uh, guys, where do you see Spike, Jet, Faye, and where are we seeing these characters moving along? I know there's a technical ending to the television show, but we're, we're trying to keep us forever in this limbo. We're trying to stay forever in a dream. So let's put our potential sequels out there. I want to know what you guys think is going to go on after the, the events of this movie. Dad, is there anything you can uh, yeah. illuminate? I, I've got a, a sequel idea. Beautiful. Okay. 
so you know they have the the spaceship you know bebop uh-huh. so they're out you know traveling around and they get sucked through a black hole oh, oh. <laughs> this is exciting yeah oh yeah and they come out on the other side and lo and behold they find themselves in the star wars universe <laughs> a crossover oh Cross- yeah <laughs> we have bebop and star wars have a baby yeah baby okay <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So, you know, oh, yeah, we have uh, a little bit of a crossover. So, Spike learns the way of the Force from Ray. Oh, my God. We're getting the Ray part of it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Star Wars. Oh, yeah. It's got to be Mandalorian at the least. <laughs> well, that sort of plays into the whole thing, too, because Faye teams up with the Mandalorians. Oh. All right. And she takes up bounty hunting, obviously, because mm. she's hardcore. And she's also betting on something. I don't know. What do they have in the Star Wars universe where they are? gambling away uh, their their life savings but roasted newt <laughs> <laughs> and uh jet teams up with chewbacca dope yeah he needs a uh, you know somebody that uh can uh he can talk to it's nice when big beefy dudes just all hang out together it's just taking up a room chewbacca and jet and of course ed and uh what's the dog name ian ein ein like einstein ein uh, the, she teams up with R2-D2 and uh, C-3PO. So, Great. Yeah. I mean, I think Ayn has some sort of implant, so I guess he's robotic-ish. Yeah, he's a data dog. Data dog? Oh, yeah. you did research. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Troy? Which I found sort of strange. So, And it, it actually has um, human intelligence. Hey, if you know when to move the the rook in a game of shogi, then you're pretty darn smart. So I can't wait to watch the series because I, I want to learn about this Welsh corgi that has human intelligence. You'd be surprised how it ends. He kills them all. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Spike has a, a you know an old yeller situation where he's got to put Ayn down. He's too smart. He's got that Rick and Morty <laughs> shit on his arms. He's got the mechanized suit. <laughs> Uh, Troy, do you have any potential Ghibli all grown up scenarios that you'd like to share with us? Um, you know, is this for the movie or for the show? Like I said, we're, we're always going to be in between episodes, so we're never going to come to the ending, but we can, let's say, just keep playing out these scenarios of, uh, Spike and the crew doing what they want to do. Yeah. I mean, Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen the actual show. I think a cool idea would have been to see. I mean, this would have never happened, but in the movie, when they went to the go spray that. The Simpsons? No. <laughs> Double crossover. A, um, crossover. a different black hole. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, what would happen if that vaccine didn't work? And oh. Everyone just died. And the question is, is like, I mean, is, that, is all um, civilization only on Mars? What would have happened there? No, there's other planets supposedly, right? So what was his plan there? Just to wipe out Mars and call it that? Because then you just quarantine the planet, right? Yeah, I guess you gotta have to let Mars go. The thing (laughs) thing I noticed though, he kept saying Earth. Did he? Yeah. Maybe he doesn't know where the fuck he is. Yeah. I think Well that maybe maybe that's where he was. You know what I'm saying? He had had to go through that the whole process where he like lost. Well he was on Titan. I don't even know. I think Saturn. Oh. Uh yeah. Uh, well, I mean that's that's still a pretty good question. You gotta, we always have to keep questioning whether the the vaccine is gonna work. I mean the vaccine just worked by they just they sprayed <laughs> just it out sprayed of it out of planes. 
Yeah. <laughs> no one even ingested it. I, I mean, That's I guess they should had be doing to. this with COVID. They got to start giving the crop dusters another look. <laughs> Everybody already says they got shit coming out of planes to infect us. Why don't they just put the vaccine in there? <laughs> That's how we survived this thing. <laughs> I don't have a very inspired potential sequel. I just kind of want to see Spike have a good long life. Uh, knowing how things progress in the television show, I, I just want to press pause. Maybe Spike slows down a little bit. Maybe he actually listens to Faye. Maybe gives her a chance in a relationship. But I, I want him to find happiness. Maybe he starts a little jazz club, like the our fake question, which I inspired on Haruki Murakami. Uh, <laughs> he has this jazz club. Everything is going to go really well. And he kind of swears off the bounty thing. He's, he's letting it breathe. And then he gets the gang back together. But then they nice. add a bunch of other people. It's an Ocean's Eleven type of situation. They're going to try to rob a, maybe a space casino <laughs> or a fucking, I don't know, an arcade. They have to do some sort of mission. They got to get one last bounty, the most valuable man in the universe. That would be a pretty cool movie. That actually would be a pretty cool movie. They try to get the, the most expensive man in the world. I like, one billion oolongs. Yeah, Cowboy Bebop and Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I need Brad Pitt, George Brad, Clooney to show up as themselves. Roger Rabbit, this fucking movie. <laughs> what a ridiculous fucking plot. No, I, that's perfect, actually. Thank you. I'm glad I, I at least got a little nugget at the end. Yeah. I was freestyling there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try to put this movie into context, you guys. Let's try to put this movie into a grander perspective. We're trying to carve Spike and all of the motherfuckers on that goddamn shit, but they brush more. We have a couple of good categories this week. We're going to start out with the first one, the Bebop themselves. Does the Cowboy Bebop crew make it onto the best movie group Rushmore? And we have a, a couple. Well, let's just read them off here. The Scooby-Doo Mystery Clue crew. They have their own. I guess they all have a <laughs> place there. Uh, the Rebel Alliance from Star Wars, which is like Han, Leia, um, Luke, and all the others. Uh, the Avengers, I'm not going to run down all the people in that one because I don't <laughs> fuck that up. Uh, and then the Ghostbusters, we, we got a classic. We got Bill Murray and all his friends trying to save New York City. Honorable mentions are uh, Team America, that movie about puppets that fuck a couple times. Um, <laughs> Channel News 4 from Anchorman. I, I really almost put this on the best movie group itself. That's the, probably the most controversial uh, honorable mention. Uh, the Inglorious Bastards, the X-Men, the Incredibles, Ocean's Eleven, and the Reservoir Dogs are all on the honorable mentions. But I want to know if the Cowboy Bebop crew gets onto the Rushmore. Dad, Troy, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I watching the series, man, there's a lot of uh, – it was a very dynamic group mm. and they kind of layered it on. Mm. Um, I put them on there. I would If I had to take one off, right, that's how this works. i got to yes. take one off. Thank you for listening. Take, I'm going to take off the Rebel Alliance. Fuck Star Wars. Yeah, I don't, I mean, teach yeah, that. I but. would also take off the Rebel Alliance. And I don't, I don't particularly like the Avengers either. Wow. All Where right, that's a hot take. Fandoms. But at the same point, and then I would throw Channel News 4 from Anchorman up there. Okay. I like this. We're really and, reshuffling uh, the Rebel But the Scooby-Doo mystery crew, I... They belong up there. Nobody Come on. can touch those no. motherfuckers. I grew up with Scooby. 
We grew up with Scooby. You did? Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Scooby Dooby Doo, dude. It's yeah. amazing how <laughs> is he just transcended through time. I mean, everybody loves Scooby Doo. Everybody loves a talking dog. If we're in 2020 and Scooby Doo is still a favorite, that's that's impressive. Maybe 2020 isn't so bad. <laughs> we got scooped. And, and I'm trying to bring back Hong Kong Fooey. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess we have to give him another shot. Hopefully he doesn't get me too or anything. No, but um, yeah, they're a pretty good crew. Beautiful. I, I would agree. I think uh, the Cowboy Bebop crew has to really just, that, that's a strong resume. They got the TV show and the movie. I think they're going to chop one of those motherfuckers off. I, I mean, I would cut, kick the Ghostbusters off with me. I don't think I'd do that. No, I don't really care about the Ghostbusters like that. They've had too many dumb movies afterwards that uh, it really doesn't matter. Well, it's interesting to find out that John Belushi was, you know, being pegged for that movie. Dan Aykroyd was thinking of putting him in right before he, you know. Was it Murray or Aykroyd who got sloppy from a ghost in that movie? Or did he fuck the ghost? (laughs) No, he he got a... What did you call it? Topped? Yeah. He got, <laughs> topped. Yeah, he got, he got topped off. Oh, like yeah. The top of a building. Yeah. Ghost head. Great. Not as good as squid. Uh, <laughs> best movies based on TV shows. Does the Cowboy Bebop movie beat out 21 Jump Street, the SpongeBob movie, The Fugitive, or Mission Impossible? And there are uh, honorable mentions. The A-Team movie, the Muppets movie, Pokemon the movie, Rugrats, Scooby-Doo, Simpsons movie, those are all crossover. Uh, South Park movie, Brady Bunch, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Addams Family, and then Blue Mountain State, The Rise of Fatland. I don't think so. No. Because it's just a continuation of the series. Yeah, and, it's uh, not a standalone. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Troy, are you okay with that? Uh, I wouldn't, I would put it on the rush more, but you know what I would put on? What? that you did not have on here for an honorable mention would be the crossover episode of uh, Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, <laughs> and with Jimmy Neutron? With Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> that is a classic. Oh, my God. That is a classic. I know. That needs to go on there. That has that's... to count as an anime movie. We need to watch that. <laughs> yeah, right. Weeks, dude. What Western are you guys anime. talking about? It's It's – you know you wouldn't understand dad they, there for that. <laughs> no. they crossed over on both like they're both animated differently you know jimmy neutron's more 3d and they they crossed over to both sides so you saw timmy turner as a 3d and then you saw jimmy neutron as 2d and it was just absolutely yeah. blew my mind as a child yeah it was the way some people look at stanley kubrick i look at that one episode of uh <laughs> that's how i feel about film. wow it, it had it all it had everything you could ask for does this fall into the anime category? Because I, I got to see this. Because I mean, it, it definitely was it. But... Maybe yeah. <laughs> we are definitely kind of stretching the the title of anime at that point. Yeah. But you know, we if we really you know go through with all this, we might end up at it at the end. Uh, best movie terrorist. Does Vincent, the the crazy hand terrorist, beat out Hans Gruber from Die Hard, V from V from Vendetta? Tyler Durden from Fight Club or the Joker from Batman? And I have a couple honorable mentions. I have Raul Silva, who is Javier Bardem in Skyfall. Nicolas Cage as Castor Troy from Face Off. Uh, Art Malik as Salim Abu Aziz in True Lies. Gary Oldman as Igor Korosh Oh, Jesus. Uh, Korsh Navav. Uh, I'm going to move on. Air Force One. And uh, Dennis Hopper as Howard Payne in Speed. 
does Vincent make it onto the terrorist Rushmore? You know, I did like him as a terrorist. One thing that was sort of confused me with this whole movie is he didn't really have, uh, I mean, you know, no special, no, there's no special powers. He really was just an average Joe, but for some reason couldn't be tracked down by anyone. He just relied on a, on a weapon that couldn't be tracked, I guess, but he also no, I wouldn't constantly like he just would survive explosions. Like, yeah, I mean, he, they, they, yeah, they, well, he had that, uh, I guess, he has the vaccine in his blood, but yeah, I know yeah, he would, he, there's that one scene where he was walking away from the explosion. <laughs> it's like, no, bad guys aren't affected by explosions yeah. <laughs> when they walk <laughs> away. you bad guy. Yeah. Explosives don't matter. Yeah. Uh, I know. I'm not going to hide to explain there. how he got out of that one. Yeah. He just jumped down. That was it. <laughs> we'll have to ask the director at the end. <laughs> Come to our question. Right. No, um, I don't put him up there. Any of, yeah. Okay. That's fine. Vincent can fuck off. Um, best characters with artificial limbs. Does Jet, with his metal arm, beat out Anakin Skywalker from Star Wars, Bucky Barnes from the American uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, uh, Rachel Brosnahan as the girl with the golden arm from uh, the Quibi classic Girl with the Golden Arm. Uh, or Quibi. <laughs> Imperator, uh, Imperador Furiosa from Mad Max. And there's a couple of honorable mentions. We have good old Kushana from Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind. Uh, Captain Hook from Peter Pan. Edward Scissorhands from Edward Scissorhands. Peter, uh, Peter, <laughs> Peter Packer, 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 Baba. Uh, Pettigrew from Harry Potter. <laughs> and Ash Williams from Evil Dead. Does Jet get on to the artificial limb Rushmore? No, they don't, they don't really highlight it, you know? There's other yeah. characters I think they highlight it a lot more. His is more just functionality. You know, who, when I really think of an art, like a bionic man, yeah, is uh, who's that guy from Teen Titan? Oh, <laughs> Cyborg. Cyborg, yeah, that's who I see. I guess, I, sh- I mean, I guess, like, he's, like, a full-on cyborg, and he doesn't have just one fucking artificial yeah. limb. Yeah, that man that's is true. Like that one is true. His name is Cyborg. If you're named to what you've become, then you're probably that thing. You nah, keep not- putting Rachel Bresnahan as the girl with the golden arm. And yeah. I, I don't, and we, we discussed this in a prior podcast and I'm still not sure what that golden arm did for her. I mean, she is living in infamy now. This, I mean, if you really consider when you think about a, a, a mechanic arm, a metallic arm in 2020, you think of Rachel Brosnahan from the girl with the golden arm. You're not thinking of jet. Okay. <laughs> she's carved out a lane for herself. I don't know if you know that her agent is just telegraphing this to the press, but I think actually fan. Edward Scissorhand might, you know, have some consideration to be up there on the, on the Rushmore. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny Depp always makes a, did you ever watch that movie? No, I didn't. I mean, I, there's a lot of, early Johnny Depp that I didn't dive into. It just wasn't my thing. For the most part, I think Pirates of the Caribbean was my only real positive experience with Mr. John Depp. And that might be the end of it, too. Yeah, well, who knows? Now that he's not working as Grindelwald, he might uh, come on the podcast. But the thing of it is, I don't think Jet really did a hell of a lot. I mean, seemed to just sort of sit, you know. Yeah. Uh, he gets I mean, in the bebop and just sort of complain a lot and, and get philosophical with uh, <laughs> Spike and it's just like come on now. He is pretty angsty in this movie. He's just like I just nobody wants to be around me. Everyone's leaving. I yeah, I mean, he starts playing a ch- some 
weird chess game with him and sure. spike's just like who gives a crap about that and uh man sometimes you gotta bond with your roommates even if you're just and quite them. honestly he doesn't know how to play the game he's got the artificial you know the data dog <laughs> yeah I making moves for him he's like oh no that's pretty good yeah that's a good point <laughs> Maybe maybe Spike uh, needs to get rid of Chad. Who knows? Yeah. Nobody needs a bald guy in their crew. As somebody who's losing their hair. Uh, 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 easy. <laughs> As someone whose hairline is in the back of their head, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, we have our final rush war. Best bounty hunters. Does Spike Spiegel, the coolest man himself, beat out Boba Fett from Star Wars, Deckard from Blade Runner, Django from Django Unchained or Blondie from The Man with No Name. And a few honorable mentions. We have Rooster Cogburn from True Grit, Robert De Niro's character in Midnight Run, Quint from Jaws, Leonard Smalls in Raising Arizona, the crazy biker guy, and Ryan Gosling as Kay in Blade Runner. So Blade Runner is making a, a strong push for two movies. Guys, does Spike Spiegel make his way out of this, this beautiful mountainside? I do think he does. Yeah, I agree. He his character. He's is a iconic. classic bounty hunter. I mean, he's yeah. a badass. He's the coolest motherfucker. He, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. the cigarettes, man. Any any bounty hunter that just chiefs down cigarettes is a, is an absolute badass. <laughs> In like elevators and small confined spaces, yeah. it has no meaning to him. He's ready to catch a uh, tobacco buzz at any point. I mean, he <laughs> I don't literally know. has a fan base of uh, fan, <laughs> fan base of women, you know, simping for him on the. Uh, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Use the lingo of the holiday. <laughs> if Faye and Electra would just get off Jets or excuse me, Spike's dick. Yeah. Might be I, able to get some work done. I don't know um Deckard or Blonde. Uh, I don't really know what those movies are. I know Blade Runner is, but it's hard yeah. to pull them off. Yeah, no, I pull it, off. I pull off Django. Um, you pull off Django? Yeah. Oh no, Blondie from the Man with No Name. Uh, yeah, I'm not... Clint Eastwood was the. Uh, that's the Clint Eastwood one. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's an easy one then. All right. All right. Can't uh, pull off Boba Fett. I mean, he might be the yeah. most famous bounty hunter of all time. Agreed. It sounded like the, the thing that swallowed Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't know if he's dead or not, but Troy had told me last time. Anyway, he I, I sort of there's looked into that. Alive. No, there's no chance. No chance. No, you never, see him, you never see him actually get taken. Well, you do see him get taken. You don't see him get killed. Maybe that thing in the, the desert has acid reflux. It'll just fucking beat <laughs> yep. him up. And <laughs> he flies away. We are yep. rounding out the podcast, you guys. We have hit the, the live-action Netflix recast recast, which is a response to the, uh, the Netflix recast of the, the show that they're currently working on that has been postponed because John Cho might have torn his ACL. I don't really know. There, is, there was a long recovery process for him. So maybe he's not going to let's, – let, let's just say John Cho can't step in. We need to just recast this whole TV show. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited now to see this Netflix, being that now I'm a – a new fan of Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, I'm I'm hotly anticipating this this recast. Uh, Dad, do you have any idea for a director that you would like to have for this? And Troy, obviously, if you have any ideas, you can chime in, or if you just want to critique ours, I would love to hear it. Uh, so, Dad, what do you, what do you got for us? Well, uh, I was thinking of Paul uh, Verhoeven because he did Total Recall, which took place on Mars. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't really technically like that. And then I was also contemplating maybe J.J. Abrams. 
Uh, After the way he beefed that last Star Wars movie, I wouldn't touch J.J. Abrams. Yeah, that, yeah. I would rather smoosh the Grinch on the lips than yeah. talk to fucking J.J. Yeah. Abrams about a movie. I agree that he, he doesn't have a lot of... Uh, respect in this house. No, not no respect. And uh, also... <laughs> <laughs> no respect. <laughs> I've heard pictures of J.J. Abrams in the fireplace. And uh, oh shit, who else was I thinking of? Um, oh crap, I had somebody in mind. Go ahead, what's yours? I had Quentin Tarantino, and I think that's maybe a cop out pick, but I, I, you know, Tarantino has a great taste in music in his movies. I think someone really needed to keep up the energy of not just the, the pace, but with the soundtrack. And I think Tarantino would be. Not too far off of a choice for me to yeah. uh, take the helm. That would be sort of something new for Tarantino, though. It would be bloody as hell. I mean, he hasn't <laughs> done uh, sci-fi, and he, I guess he has some Star Trek uh, script working. But you know. Oh, I was thinking of John Favreau. Oh, uh, Mandalorian. Yeah, because he did the Mandalorian. So That's crazy that that man just had a movie with Sofia Vergara on Chef, and then he just became – you know, the biggest director in the Disney landscape. Well, that he's actually revived Star Wars in some way. He's given it more respect because everyone else has just butchered it. Yeah, yeah. Favreau. Favreau for the win. I, I don't think that's a, a bad choice. What do you think, Troy? Uh, for a director, I have no clue. I would a say Fab's guy? Maybe M. Night Sh- Shyamalan. <laughs> what is, yeah, Spike's in a dream the whole time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know directors that well. That's okay. Uh, we have, uh, obviously, John Show is going to be our spike. Uh, Dad, what would you like to show us for your choice as a, a new Spike Spiegel now that John Show has maybe torn his Achilles like Clay Thompson he's just out for the year? Yeah, well, I I, I, I was trying not to, you know, white cast. <laughs> as we progress through this podcast, we're trying to un-whitewash yeah, as bad as we can. I'm get, starting but. to feel bad about that. So yeah. I have. However many episodes <laughs> As we still continue, we have a thing at the end of the thing where we talk about apologizing. So go on. Yeah. We'll so I on. have Brian T, okay. and he was in uh, the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, uh-huh. and uh, I think he'd make a great Spike. I think that'd be cool. Anyone who has the name Drift King, I think you could probably step into a absolutely, absolutely. I have uh, a trio of picks that are maybe. I don't really know how you guys are going to feel about it. When I was considering Spike, there was a lot of things that I wanted to take into consideration. He's very cool, blanky. Uh, he has the capability to maybe be a martial artist. And this maybe is more pertaining to uh, two than three of my choices. But I had Lakeith Stanfield as a uh, really cool pick from Get Out in Atlanta. Then I had Ross Butler, who probably is the most you know conventional pick uh, for that role. You know, he's a tall guy. I'm pretty sure he's fucking shredded. So I, <laughs> you might, I don't know too much about him. He might be cool too. So hopefully Ross Butler would be able to uh, take the Spike Spiegel helm. Or Chalamet just wants to learn karate and gain 30 pounds. I would be all for it because he's right around that age range. Spike Spiegel is like 27. Uh, Chalamet, I believe, is 25. So I don't know, man. I don't think Chalamet can pull this off. I think Chalamet is a cool dude. He he, just... Yeah, I know. You keep trying to put him in a lot of stuff, and I, I understand that. I mean, if you can get away with having gonorrhea on a very public level. 
<laughs> what? Yeah, there's a story of like Chalamet just getting the clap from uh, NYU girls or something like that, and just just being reckless with the pain. Wow, wow, wow! Oh, I think we already have to freaking put apologies out on that one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We we're gonna have to verify that, man. My allegations. That's it. I'll uh, apologize to Tilly Chalamet's face. I would love to talk yeah. to him, man. But you know, we got to get away from this whitewashing. Chalamet, no. Okay. I don't think he has the physical. That's ability. what I said. He needs to gain some some, some yeah. muscle. I mean, is he gonna come out where he's like, you know, got all jacked and? Yeah, if he's looking like he does now, shirtless, I don't think uh, Slenderman's going to be able to deliver that roundhouse the way that you need it. Of course, Spike. I mean, apart. the way that, that Spike is is animated, I mean, the dude is skinny. Yeah, he's very thin. And I really have a hard time believing that he has any power. It's all in the hips. <laughs> As I've learned on the golf course. <laughs> Shout out to Bobby in Lake Ward. All right. Uh, we have Jet as our next casting. And this is uh, currently held by Mustafa Shakir. Hey, wait a minute. Let's talk about, did we talk about the fact that John Cho is, you know. Almost 50. (laughs) Is he? Yeah, he's like 48 years old. Uh, Well, he still looks pretty good. He does. But did we discuss that? What do you think of that pick? I mean, I think that's the, the real thing i would want to put my uh my linchpin in in conversation he's just a little bit old i don't think he has that sort of youthful energy that spike exudes throughout the television show i mean he's he's a lazy ass and he you know isn't the best uh the guy sometimes but i don't think he's gonna do a bad job i just wouldn't expect that choice that's a very doesn't have he doesn't have that badass kind of you know, character. Yeah. Um, but I that... think he has the wisecracking side of it. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. Spike's sort of a, he's a sarcasm. Dude. Yeah, he is. That, that, that's probably where they were really leaning towards with the casting. Uh, uh, it's very hard to find somebody who is as cool as Spike. Yeah. So that's I, why I'm interested in watching this. Cause I'm, I'm trying to figure out where they're trying to go with this. Well, once John Cho can stand on one of his knees, uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get there. All right. As I said, Jet is uh, Mustafa Shakir, who I believe was in Luke Cage uh, for Netflix. I actually kind of like the pick, um, just like with my Lakeith Stanfield. I mean, it's not the the first thing that you would think, but the way that I have these pictures lined up, I can see, see it in the face. Yeah. It's really interesting, and he's got freaking blue eyes, so that's dope. <laughs> Uh, but dad, who is, who's your jet? I was looking at Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Yeah. Resident tough guy. Yeah. Vin Diesel stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that's fine. Uh, Vin Diesel is one of those guys who the register is, of his voice puts me to sleep, whatever he's doing. <laughs> it's funny that he's in fast and the furious because I mean, it's very counteracting when he's in the scene and he's actually talking. I, I feel like the movie slows down. Yeah, it's very strange. no. I get that, but I think he could. I mean, you need a pretty physical, imposing dude, mm-hmm. and Vin. I think Vin could pull it off. I I, I want to see what his facial hair looks like because because uh, I'm looking at I'm looking at your your other pick. Uh huh. Um, who's the dude? I mean, for, is that the guy from Stranger Things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love had, that uh, pick. I had David Harbor. 
as you bad. like that pick, Troy. I think yeah. this is a good pick, yeah. dude. My other pick is fucking Dwayne the Rock Johnson. If anything, he is not jacked. I mean, the dude hey, is no. David Harbor got well. He got muscular for uh, his role as Hellboy. Oh, really? Yeah, he got a uh, he got cut. So he's got yeah, some Hollywood muscle. has access to steroids. It ain't that difficult. <laughs> if Kumail Nanjiani can just get is that the secret of Hollywood? Just uh, get look at Zac Efron. Yeah, look at Zac that. That's is, uh, is, uh, <laughs> Ken doll waiting to be popped. Oh, yeah. now we have to have apologies. To, you already got him on for Zac Efron on steroids. <laughs> There's no chance he's not. I mean, is it the worst thing to be accused of steroids? I guess I'd rather say it's like, yeah, that man took steroids and I have chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's tough. Uh, <laughs> would you I, rather? That's tough. Yeah. Would you rather take steroids or have a disease <laughs> on your uh, dick? Um. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of the David Harbor pick. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is just not going to do it. But I like the idea of you know the Rock stepping into another beefy role, just doing what he can. Yeah. I actually that's what I wanted to pick initially, and then I saw that you had had pegged him for Jet. So okay, great minds think alike. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you have is your fae? And this is uh, currently held by the actress Daniela Pineda. Uh, but I do want to hear what you guys say. And do you have a picture of her? I do. Is that the one to the right? Yeah. It's yeah, right. yeah I, I, I kind of like that. Yeah, I do. I mean, I like their what they're, they're projecting. But mm-hmm. I had Brenda's song. Mm-hmm. And uh, she played uh, the wealthy teen London Timpton in the Disney Channel suite of uh, Life of Zack and Cody. I don't know if she could. And, and this goes with my whole, like, let's stop whitewashing all these and put some Asian characters. <laughs> <laughs> and sadly, though, she tried to, you know, get into the movie Cra- Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. And they said she wasn't Asian enough. <laughs> I guess the, there was a stain from the, the Sprouse twins. Something about them just rubbed off. Their whiteness. They're, yeah. they're, too, they're yeah. too blonde. See, I don't know if she could pull off. I mean, I don't know if she can do the if she, the physicality of the role. Because mm-hmm. I, I sort of think Faye's sort of a badass. So. Yeah. Troy, do you have uh, anything in mind? Because I have, I have some heaters. For some no, I, uh, I like the pick on that, actually. Yeah. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that's that's – Will be a good fit. Okay. Well, I. Dude. <laughs> I'll let you pour this one out first. As you fill up. Okay. Perfect. You you probably should fill that up to the top because I'm gonna give you quite the answer. I. I just killed the bottle. I really had some hard time with Faye, and I love Faye as a character. Um, but there's one particular trait that you got to get right with Faye, and she's a busty gal. I don't think you can just put anybody in that role because there's a certain sexuality with Faye that she uses on people. There's, there, there, you know, there's a manipulation there that's part of her character that's all in the body. So when I was looking for actresses, I'm just like, who am I going to put here? Who would, you know, really fit? And I was just like, who has just the biggest bazonkers that I can think of off the top of my head? <laughs> uh, Sydney Sweeney from Euphoria. I think, she, I mean, she might actually be a good choice for that. Alexandria Daddario as well. They both have uh, some pretty cool eyes. Maybe that purple dye job is going to do for her. Oh, really? Now you're going to start talking about their eyes. I mean, I also read the articles when I look at Playboy. So. 
<laughs> but Allison Brie. Uh, so let, let's let's move around from my misogyny and uh, talk about who we're gonna do for Ed because this is a very hard casting, and I'm almost kind of I, I I'll be completely honest with you. I just took an answer that I found on the internet. Is she been casted in the? Uh... She has not. She's really? currently uncasted. The 13 year old androgynous Edward Huang, I believe her name is. She has a crazy <laughs> bunch of middle names too. But. Androgynous? Yes. Hmm. All right. Well, I had Madeline McCraw, and I, I'm going to admit, I don't know really. I mean, she's been in a lot of stuff. She was in Outcast, Reverie, The Mandela Effect, and she was also the voice of Bonnie in Toy Story two, uh, 4. I'm That's sorry. That's the credit. Yeah, and uh, she's young enough because, I mean, what's the age of Ed? She's like, they're like 13, I think. Yeah, well, I think she's 11, 11 or 12. So, uh, That's fine. What do you think of her? Uh, I mean, what do I think of this child? <laughs> it's obviously they're having a hard, a hard time casting her. I mean, I, you know, it, I Be guess it comes down to the same thing. Because I had Daphne Keene, who was in His Dark Materials and Logan, and she's like 15 at this point. I don't really know how to cast this role because I, or excuse me, Ed is such a peculiar, strange character who has a, a very specific way of talking. So I almost want to put a CGI on this. Just let I and, or Ed be, I can't say I. It's like Ed be a, a CGI character. I don't even care. Oh, what? You want to CGI the dog? Uh, no, I've already seen a, a clip of uh, they've already got the, the dog casted. In, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that was the hardest one for them. To find the, right <laughs> the, the rice Welsh corgi. corgi. <laughs> uh, How old is Ed supposed to be in that? I think it's 13 is what I saw on the internet. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing about her, the one that I picked was that she did the voice of Bonnie. And I mean, I feel like she could maybe do the stupid ass voice. Yeah. I guess you have to have that, that childish uh, yeah. voice capability. But we'll, uh, we'll wait for the series. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you know what they think. Yeah. Uh, who did you have as your Vincent dad? Well, again, I'm feeling like Keanu would be able to pull in. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, yeah. Classic. I mean, he's got you know because he wears that long coat, and and Keanu did that in the Matrix, and get his hair long, get the beard. I mean, I think he's perfect. I think that's a pretty darn good pick, Troy. Do you you said perfect for Keanu? No, I I mean I, it just fits his role. You know, he always has a uh, a bad guy sort of role in most cases. But no, I like your pick actually as well. And I had a uh, Christian Bale who yeah. just screamed Vincent for me. Something about the long hair and the, the goatee beard combo. I think this would be a really fun role for Christian Bale to lose himself in and maybe commit an act of terror. I know he's a method actor, so I don't know what kind of process it would mean, but maybe he's just going to get crazy with it. No, I, I, <laughs> I like the Christian Bale pick yeah. too. I mean, either one. I mean, either I like one word. Yeah. Uh, did you have a, a good pick for your Electra as our last casting of this movie? Uh, actually, I, I felt like mine was pretty good. Mm. It's Juju Chan. She was in We Wu Assassins. Uh, it was a Netflix um, ten episode series, mm. and uh, she actually knows jujitsu and stuff like that. She did all of her own fight scenes, and uh, she looked like she could pull off this Electra. Who is a. Uh fiery girl troy uh you might have maybe some opinions on mine uh 
Yeah. I have Ana de Armas as my number yeah. one who was in Love that Runner. pick. Knives out. I think just physically. I mean, both of these actresses that I picked. My second pick was Camila Mendez from Riverdale, but I think uh, Ana de Armas, her ceiling is just going to be higher for that for that role. I mean, she's I, I think you may have recast the everyone from Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> if I could put Brian Gosling as Spike, I as would. Spike, yeah. I wanted I, to say that too, but you guys talk about not whitewashing. Wow, actually, I really like that. I think yeah. that's something that He's should a be badass. That's what I'm t- talking about. Yeah. Holy shit. Gosling yeah. as Spike feels pretty natural, and I would yeah. be okay with that. I mean, I don't think he's going to do the Netflix thing, but whatever. Hey, man, if the paycheck's good enough, who fucking knows? Yeah. Well, everybody's sort of crossing over to Netflix. I mean, that's where the money is, right? <laughs> that's where we're hoping to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> We've reached the end of the podcast, fellas. It's the last call. You got to get your shit together, find your keys, get back in your car. Hopefully don't crash. What kind of questions we got for the director? Okay, I have to question. All right, we have a data dog. He has human intelligence, but why don't we have any robots? Where are the robots? I mean, this is 2071. We got no bots. And... That doesn't make sense to me. I mean, we've repopulated Mars, but we have no robots. Maybe we watched enough sci-fi movies to realize fucking around with robots is just not going to work well for us. That could be it, man. We're, we've just eliminated AI. We're just like, no, too dangerous. They put on Ex Machina. It's like, oh, we're going to want to fuck these things. That actually came, that's where the other director I wanted, Alex Garland. Oh, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. He's our, uh, our resident sci-fi director of our time. <laughs> yes. But anyway, so I'm just questioning. There's no robots. And, of course, we keep cars. That's, that's just stupid. Fucking Ford, Chevy, all these things have just a grip on our nutsack. We just keep <laughs> Tesla's not even going to get up in the air. We're going to sell shit to people. I hope they're not gas-powered because I don't think we can drill any oil up in Mars. I mean, but... we got the fresh Mars atmosphere. You can fuck it up a little bit. It's fine. Well, I was, at first I was questioning the whole aspect of why was Mars, you know, and then I realized it's it must be in some kind of bubble or something. Yeah. Because when a... Spike is, you know, having this dogfight outside and it mm. seemed like he was – in the true surface of Mars, but okay. I would, I would think the same thing. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to bring up was, um, okay, they barely have enough money for ramen noodles, mm-hmm. but suddenly have the money to rent 30 aircraft. <laughs> or just buy constant cigarettes. <laughs> I mean, I wonder what a pack costs on uh, Mars. But yeah, the airplane thing, I mean, what kind of cash are they working with? I wonder if... Uh, Somebody had to give them a loan. I don't think they have any cash. And uh, Faye is constantly probably losing at the track. Yeah, she's got to seduce her way out of debt. And uh, that, that, <laughs> that brings up one thing I wanted to bring up in the recast. You know when they have all the guys come out in the World War II and the crop dusters? Mm-hmm. I think that would require a cameo from uh, Randy Quaid. Who? Randy Quaid from Independence Day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> of course he's not really all there right now so i don't know if they would you know if hollywood's actually still casting randy quaid because he's <laughs> they've kind of just like given him the uh no he's given the old yeller treatment yeah he, no he's deep in the conspiracy so wow. yeah wow. and and trump is tweeting out <laughs> is he a randy quaid stan yeah 
Quaid. But uh, I think I would think that would be funny as shit if Quaid just like showed up in the crop duster and you know was part of saving the planet of Mars. Yeah. As somebody who recognizes too many people being on Dennis's uh Dennis Quaid's dick, I also <laughs> would love to see Randy get his own. Are they brothers? They might be that might be his dad. I don't know. <laughs> Troy, uh was there any questions you wanted to ask? Anything you wanted to uh bring up before we go? Um, no, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't have any questions no. for the film. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I guess the only thing that I really wanted to know, I guess I have maybe three questions. Spike <laughs> wanted by the army after downing three planes. Like, what's the aftermath? I guess, are you just going to say that they're going to absolve you from killing? I mean, not killing, I guess at least two of them get their, uh, their ejections out, but. I feel like he has some questions to be answered if he ever wants to come back on Mars, which seems to be some sort of hub for the rest of the universe. So uh, <laughs> he's got to get his uh, account straight with the government. Yeah, Mars is a place to be, obviously. Uh, probably my biggest question, does Spike fuck? Because <laughs> this man has girls dripping off of his fucking fingers. And I don't think he even looks at them in any sort of romantic way. So I'm wondering if he has just the most Bruce Lee kind of willpower over his, uh, over his need to fuck. And if he's just kind of <laughs> completely celibate on the, on the bebop. He's asexual. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you have Faye walking around with her, her G string out and you're just not even <laughs> thinking about it. So is knows? that the way he is in the series too? I mean, he never, he, he never hooks up. He technically has a girl that he's in love with. It's, yeah. uh, there's a woman named Julia who I'm not going to get into all the, the backstory, but he does have he a woman that he loved, but yeah. you know, that there's still urges of the body. Uh, I don't know if, if, if Spike is just getting it all from cigarettes and ramen, he might need to love this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, ultimately, I guess, are we living in the real world? I mean, that's the, the question you guys have brought up. Is this, is this a simulation? Is this whole podcast a waste of time? Well, if it is the real world, I'm pretty pissed. <laughs> I mean, Mars sucks. I mean, yeah. they just recreated Earth. I mean, in probably a worse form. Yeah. I mean, I mean I cars? I don't, I don't want cars. I want flying damn cars, man. Well, their trains go upside down, too, which is pretty cool. Well, that, that's a pretty standard architectural, well, not architectural thing, but like, they do that now. They do not, do they? There's trains like that. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know so. about that. I'm almost oh, not sure upside down like on a monorail like that. Yeah, it wouldn't make know. sense. It would be you're just it putting people at unneeded, unneeded risk. <laughs> you could just uh, do it normally. No, dude, that's how they move around in Disney World. I'm almost positive. No, oh, they do not. <laughs> not upside down. I don't think so. That's okay. Well, maybe uh, maybe the train people will hit me up. I would love to know. <laughs> Yeah, any architects listening. As a guy engineers. who's loved trains for a time, I would love to love to have a chat. Oh, you're a train lover? Mm, not really. I'm, <laughs> I'm pandering. <laughs> Please. Uh, we've reached Nosoterado. This is the, the, I guess, the deleted scenes, the things that we want to clear up with the, the interviews, the commentary. Is there anything that we want to bring up or anything we want to apologize for before we go? <laughs> 
I think we have probably a lot to apologize for, but I can't come up with it right now. But that's the worst part of this category is that we do bad things. And I was already apologizing during the whole podcast, so yeah. I'll have to re-listen. You and... spoke up more for Chalamet than you have for any of the, the females <laughs> or any of the people that we probably really offended. So I'm glad you're sticking up for the white guy as you not whitewash the cat. <laughs> Troy, is there anything uh, anything you want to add? I was not here for the last episode, so That's I'm fine. squeaky clean. Or you could just apologize for your performance today. I don't know how you feel. But <laughs> it's gone. I, I have apparently made an enemy out of Timothy Chalamet, and I would, I would like to cordially re- 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 apologize there. Be my friend. <laughs> oh, I don't think you have to apologize for anything. You're a huge Chalamet fan. Oh, yeah. I you're mean, that's you're trying to sell me, give me, give me chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I had a crazy weekend at NYU and he butt fucked me. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dad, I guess uh, since Troy doesn't have any wine with him, what would you give your wine rating here? So, what, Troy, you weren't on the influence of anything. Uh, I had two bangs on the way. Bang <laughs> <laughs> the fuck out, dude. That's a lot of caffeine. I'm kind of tweaking out right now, but uh, no. Um, well, uh, Layer Cake has made a uh, reappearant. Uh, wow, yes. <laughs> As you can tell, it's working well. It's working very well. Yeah. <laughs> I think I drank the whole bottle. I mean. I haven't had a second glass, so that very well be the case. Yeah. Holy shit. But... Um, I'm going to give it eight out of 10 nanobots. Nice. Yeah. I'll give it a uh, 7,500 oolongs out of an 8,000 oolong <laughs> bounty because you shot his foot off or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you everyone for listening. This has been the me and my dad watch anime podcast. We'll be back next week. Just like we always do. We still don't know what the fuck we're doing, <laughs> but we'll decide and you'll probably see when it comes out. Thank you, everyone, for listening. See you. Later, people. Bye. Drive safe. Don't drink a drive.